You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi everybody, it's Russ from My Hammers 11. I hope you're all safe and well. Obviously, if you're new to the channel, please consider subscribing and hitting the bell notification. So basically, you don't miss out any content we have coming out. Of course, every day we put a new, a new video up, but sometimes we put two, three videos up in a day. So you don't want to miss any, so make sure you hit that bell. We've got some good guests, some great guests coming up, including today's guest. He's, he's a busy man if you read his Twitter bio. You know, he's an author, he's a podcaster, an ex-journalist, uh, a video PR exec. It's Jim Drury. Hi, Jim. How are you, man? I'm good, thank you. Yeah, I'm coping in lockdown, just about. Yeah, yeah. How how is it? How are you surviving? I suppose you do a lot of your work from home on computers anyway, so Well actually, um I've been mainly doing the podcast and teaching my daughter because um I actually got put on furlough. <laughs> so I've actually got more spare time than I usually have. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean but that's know... been okay. It's actually been like a sabbatical in a way. Yeah, exactly. I can see that. And obviously you can, you know, most, most people thought they could be teachers when they were, when they're, you know, I could do that, you know, now you've got the chance to prove it as well. You know, it's, it's lovely. Yeah, exactly. I know it's, yeah. it's, it's, uh, it's like, we've, I mean, it's like with my mother-in-law. So she, she moved in, we moved her in sort of quite early on in, in the, in the lockdown and, and bless her. She's like a, you know, a, a substitute teacher, uh, you know, obviously dinner on the table and stuff like that. It's, you make do don't you in these situations you just yes. make do i've quite enjoyed it actually i've, I've enjoyed the um the time with my daughter definitely no def- yeah, no exactly been but it's been weird it's been strange not having any football to watch but it hasn't it hasn't i mean i was getting quite used to not having football now it's on the horizon I, i'm i'm a bit it's a bit weird i'm a bit apprehensive about everything do you know what i mean it's like yes i i sort of you know, I was quite happy not having football and not thinking about what could potentially be. Um, yeah. And now it's sort of getting a bit real. And then when you start getting, so I've you know, started to get the uh, all the Premier League directory, directives in terms of music and what they're trying to do, you know, because obviously yeah. we have to do test days. And, 
and it's getting a bit real now. I'm getting a bit nervous, but uh, we'll see. You know, yeah. at least, it, at least, I mean, everyone, everyone sort of uh, doing an interview the other day, and someone said it was a chore going to West Ham a little bit in the last couple of years, but it's a chore they would like to start again, and I get that. And um, yeah, and yeah, and I understand that. So we'll see what happens, yeah. but until then, we've still got we've still got eleven days until we kick off against Wolves. So uh, yeah. so we'll see. But it's the one be... thing I don't miss, like the one thing I don't miss is that feeling, uh, and it really annoys me that I still have this after all these years. How how West Ham losing the game over can actually ruin the weekend, can re- <laughs> psychologically ruin the weekend. And I think to myself, why am I letting it get to me? Uh, I try and sort of think, oh, well, I don't know these 11 people. Why, do, why does it mean so much to me whether they beat another team of 11 people? But it does. It just yeah. makes a huge difference to your weekend. It's so true. And then, like, match of the day. Uh, it's like, you just wouldn't even bother even looking at the, you know, because it comes up on series link on Scott. Just delete it. Just delete it if we've lost. You know, it's like, don't even look at it. But, uh, but yeah. I mean, the good thing is, you know, obviously... You know, everything's going. All the games are going to come in so quick succession. So, if, if God forbid we lose one, then you've only got a few days for the next one. So it's not it's not too That's much harping yeah. along. And I, I think worry, the thing that worries me most about West Ham is the. I mean, they, the st- statistics showed that they would they ran the least, mm. I think, of anyone before Moyes came in. I hope Moyes has had enough time to get them up to fitness because the fitness that worries me. Everything else. Mm. Ability-wise, they're fine, but I just don't know if he's had enough time to to get them up to the requisite fitness. Yeah, I mean, everything comes out. Everything that you know, obviously, the news that comes out of the club is obviously it seems that we've got a, a fully fit squad. When was the last time that happened? Upton Park at Under Stadium. Yeah. I can't remember. Um, so that's a good thing. And I think, yeah, it seems, it seems, but it seems the atmosphere as well. You know, it seems that there's this sort of real. And I've been talking to a lot of ex-players recently on the on the channel, and there was a real togetherness around sort of the you know eight obviously boys of eighty six, the nineties, the, yeah. the, the Redknapp eras, and, and somewhat with the Allardyce eras, and, and and you know the real togetherness. And it seems that there's this sort of really nice buzz in the on the dressing room now. Getting Kevin Nolan in was an absolute masterstroke of Moises. Yeah, um, and and we'll see. We'll see. I mean, it's going to be weird. I mean, you know. The players, what you know, arguably some of the players who weren't who wouldn't necessarily perform well at the at the stadium because the fans are on their back, haven't yes. got that hit yeah. now. And no, um, that's true. And also, I mean, I was chatting to like I'm not I hate, I'm not name dropping, but I was chatting to Kevin Keane like you do, and uh, I still can't believe it myself. But I was he, and <laughs> and he made a good point that you know there's gonna he thinks there's gonna be more teams from sort of the middle tier gonna be dragged into the relegation because the Norwiches, West Ham, Bournemouth, Watfords are gonna fancy going to Chelsea, Tottenham because you haven't got the fans there. It's literally like a friend. It is a bit like a friendly feel to it, so yeah. to speak. So I think you're going to see a lot of really interesting. And you've seen that in the Bundesliga as well. So interesting results. The the home advantage doesn't tend to work as much in terms of a percentage. Um, and no, that's right. They've only yeah something like twenty five percent of the games have been won by the home team. Exactly. Um, although of course. West Ham have kind of lost their home advantage, haven't we, in the last few years, in a way. So 
might benefit us actually yeah that's what i think so i'm 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 very confident i'm very confident it's going to be interesting i mean the premier league are doing loads of things to try and make it a bit more inclusive it seems and, and learning i think lessons have been learned from bundesliga in that you know it's quite an empty stadium isn't it it's got that horrible feel and i think they're trying to do stuff with coverings and stuff across all the stadiums yeah. to make it a bit more inclusive and it's great i mean i was chatting to some i think it was um mark sandell and and he's having a zoom party all his mates who he sits around with at Upton Park and the stadium and they're going to like watch the game but watch it on Zoom as well and then have the half-time pint and pie and it's brilliant it's, it's so West Ham that's a really good idea I've got to do that with my brother yeah I hadn't thought about that it's obvious isn't it it is obvious when you think about it and I said look let, let, I'll join in I'll have it on in the background, you know, because I'll be quite lonely there on my own. Um, there's only going to be, as I said, 300 people in the whole bloody stadium and 22 of them are on the pitch. So, um, so yeah, I said, let me know because I'll be like, it'd be like a youth team game. We used to have down the 23 games London Stadium and about 200 turn up. But um, yeah, we'll see what happens. Anyway, anyway let's, uh, we can talk about that. We need to talk about uh-huh. you, you, Jim, uh, and, and your memories of West Ham and obviously your Hammers 11. So in terms of you, Jim, I mean, the first question I ask most people now is, why West Ham? How did it start for you? Well, my dad um, was already taking my brother to West Ham. Uh, my dad had been, he'd been going since the 50s. He used to cycle to the ground from Barking. Um, he used to get, and he, sometimes he would get on the same bus as Bobby Moore um, for the, to the matches. Um, another thing was my granddad on my mum's side, who was never into football, he was a rugby fan. And for some reason, he bunked into the 1923 Cup final, which I've never, I've never understood why. He died before I had the chance to ask him about it. But there was never any choice of who was going to support. And so Dad took me along after when I was about six to uh, playing Newcastle at home, 1979. We won 5-0 and it was, this is amazing. This is That's where it. I want to come every day. Completed it, you know, and, and uh, you know, 5-0 first, first game, that ain't bad. Uh didn't probably go like that from then up much. <laughs> no. exactly. Well, that's it. I mean, the first year of going, the well, first two years of going, uh, I, we'd gone, we'd won the FA Cup, and I managed yeah. to get a ticket for the game. I went to the Cup final, wow. went to the League Cup final, and I thought, yeah, this is going to be great. We're going to be doing this every year, and we've won nothing since. But it's all part of it, isn't it? The Intertoto Cup in 1990. Don't forget about the Intertoto oh, Cup. Oh, yes. Yeah. European yeah. glory. And, you know, yeah. and even for me, that's, that's, you know, that's the only trophy we've ever won, really. But, uh, but yeah, yeah. No, I know what you mean. And then, obviously, since then, since mid-70s onwards, there must be certain sort of games or, or, or yeah. West Ham experiences throughout that sort of stick in your mind. What would, you know, yeah. just pick a couple. What would, what would, they, what would they be, man? Well, I've the... the Getting um, promoted against Cambridge, 93, yeah. that was a great one. That was um, a big, we were allowed, still allowed to go on the pitch at the end after that, in those days. Yeah. I remember going up to, horrible one, going up to Anfield. For some reason, I went to Anfield on my own um, when I was 17. It was on a Monday night and saw us get relegated, um, lost 5-1 up there. And that that was horrendous, actually, because it was about a month after... And there were too many people packed into the ground. You couldn't yeah. stand up. So that's not a very nice memory. No. But lots of lots of nice memories being with my dad and my brother and my nephews. Um, yeah, the Cambridge game would be a, a classic oh, one. Yeah. The, the, obviously, the, all the playoff finals um, in the, in recent years they were brilliant. Yeah, especially the one at Wembley, and then the FA yeah. Cup final, which we were so close to winning. So Games close. like those. 
yeah, yeah. no you're right and of right. course the last one the last one up to park as well yeah of course of course and i mean you know what what's, in terms of the playoffs obviously we had like you know, we're, we're quite experienced at playoffs now, I think. You know, we hopefully won't have any more experience anymore. Um, <laughs> yeah. but, but, you know, I mean, we talked to lots of people about sort of Cardiff and Wembley, you know, and I was always a fan, I'll be honest, I was always a fan of Cardiff. I didn't... Yeah, well, I liked Cardiff, yeah. The, the Wembley one was great. Um, part as part as me was, obviously, my, my daughter was due that day. So I'd always have that, have that in my memory because it was just like, you know, on tender hooks for two reasons. Um, but, but I just preferred Cardiff. I liked, I just thought Cardiff had that sort of, you know how people talk about London Stadium now in that you lost that atmosphere of Green Street. Yeah. And that's what I think you lose from Wembley to Cardiff because it was like, it was bang in the middle of the city. And it was yeah, amazing. Yeah, it was a Cardiff, wasn't it? It was brilliant. I used to love. I used to love. Cardiff. And obviously, we went three years running, didn't we? Um, oh, and yeah. uh, and I had I had the same car park space three years in a row because it was like ah. say, literally almost exactly the same car park. <laughs> but no, I used to love Cardiff. It was good fun. Um, as you said, hopefully we won't have many uh, many more maybe more FA Cup finals rather than uh, yeah finals. Well, actually, the one other the one other game I would mention because I always always wanted to see us beat Tottenham at Wembley, and so to get to the I don't go to many away games, but I got a ticket for the the League Cup one where we came back from two down and won three yeah. two. Brilliant to see us beat them at Wembley. Yeah. It was brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Frustrating. I think I had a, I had a, t- I, had a I had a press ticket for the Tottenham game. This this that was going to be like well, it would have been like two weeks. Oh, well, so, anyway, it's small comparisons compared to what the world's gone through. Really, oh, that's it? true. Yeah, yeah. So it just is what it, it is. What it is. Um, but I mean, you know, you've had quite. A, I mean, from sort of the mid seventies onwards, you've had quite an array of of players who have come and gone. Some have come back as well, and some have come yeah. back as managers as well. Um, we try and do this hammers eleven thing, and as I said, it's sort of everyone's everyone's loving it. It's 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 quite funny. Some people really sort of you know agonise over it, which is quite sweet. Yeah, so and... I, I agonise. I've seen <laughs> some some of, a couple of people. I saw their voices and thought, blimey, I would never have chosen yeah. that. But that's what it's about. Exactly, and it's, and it's a generational thing as well, which I think is really sweet as well. You know, but saying that you have to have been alive to have seen them play puts a massive caveat on a lot of people yeah. because yes. yeah. If I was picking my eleven, uh, my dream eleven, yeah, Bobby Moore would be in it, but I never yeah, saw him play. Yeah. So I know of the legend, oh. and part of this part of this is almost a learning process for me as well because I'm learning all these stories about older players and you know people like like, like Sissons and and Charles and John Charles, not Gary Charles, and you know Charles and uh, and and I I th- you know it's like you know when you talk about people not understanding that I mean I never knew John Charles the story so I've go yeah. back and and it's really yeah. been this sort of like cathartic sort of like you know really really amazing um so so in terms of your your team um jim yeah. who, who would be who would be between the sticks who would be your number one there's no question it's phil parks definitely yeah. uh and i i, I out of the for keepers who followed him mccloscoe was great um i, I did I quite liked Robert Green. I like Fabianski. Fabianski does something that Parks used to do, which is what I like in a goalkeeper. He's commanding, and he comes out and he catches the ball. He doesn't yes. come out flat. I, I, I suppose I'm a bit old-fashioned in that sense. When a cross comes in, I want to see that if the goalkeeper can catch it, he should catch it. Yeah. If, if he has to punch it, that's fine. But too many goalies come out and punch it or flap it, 
when they don't need to do it. Parks was really totally commanding. Uh, obviously, he was a great shot stopper, but yeah. he was just, yeah, he, you knew he wasn't going to be intimidated by anyone. Um, mm. The back four trusted him. Can't, can't think of many mistakes he made. No. Uh, and he was, he was very unlucky not to have had more than one England cap because he was yeah. unlucky to be around at the same time as Clements and Shilton. And I look at some of the England goalkeepers who followed, yeah. but I think they weren't a patch on Phil Parks. No, no, I agree. And I think you're right. I think goalkeepers of West Ham, we haven't done too badly compared to other things. So, you know, I mean, sometimes you've got... Um, and some sometimes they're looking at stuff and it's a bit different and um, you know left backs and and full backs and stuff. But for centre for the goalkeepers, they've been all right. I think we've been yeah, all right. We've been yeah, quite we've fortunate. Been we've had a couple. Of... Yeah, Sorry, we had a couple a couple of weird ones, but uh, yeah, it sounds good. Let's uh, let's put uh, let's put Parks in. Let's go for left back then, Jim. Who have we got left back, man? Well, it would be Julian Julian yeah. Dix. Um, who was a magnificent player, very underrated outside of West Ham. I agree. Because people only ever saw this thuggish image. And, I mean, obviously, he was a very hard, tough tackler, didn't take any prisoners. But he also had a very sweet left foot. Mm. He could bring a ball down on his instep from 80 yards. Um, very set up tons of goals. Obviously, a brilliant penalty taker. Uh, and... A theme that will run through my team is I want to have players who um, are committed. I think there's a bit of a myth about West Ham fans, which is, oh, we just want to see good football no. and that's it. Actually, I think there's a, we want to see people who are committed. And there were not many people, certainly in that era, that he played and they were as committed as Julian did. Yeah, no, I agree. Just tenacious, wasn't he? And and he was just... And I, I, I mean, I... I Obviously, it was more the, the second stint that I remember more, just from my yeah. my career of a fan, and just when he had like that, when they had the, and he just like had a rich shirt, he had a shaven head, he had his, <laughs> and he just looked. Thing is, he looked like he just come off a pub team, didn't he? Really realistic, you know. He just yeah. looked like a yeah, thug. Yeah. But as you said, he's he had the sweetest yeah. foot, and it's and it's and that's what is quite nice because obviously the fact we have one perspective, and then talking to the ex players. They obviously, I mean, Julian's been in all of theirs, but it's the story, it's the, it's the reverse. And it's what they, and if I always think, you know, it's always when it comes to, I mean, in case Katie might, might have put them in your team or something, but someone like Devonshire, for example, the boys of 86, every, to a man, always talk about him. And that to me means not so much more, but is an equal value to the fans because obviously it's your peers, it's people yeah. you're working with, isn't it? But um, yeah, Dix, you know, yeah. And, you know, so... so yeah, one thing I would say about Dix as well was I remember when he left um, to go to Liverpool and then I, that season, it was the time West Ham has got a lot of criticism over the comeback of Paul Lintz. First yeah. time he played and he got booed all the way through. People were saying, oh, it's just because... It's just because he's gone to a better club. And I, and I remember thinking, no, I'm sorry, this is not right. I remember right, I wrote a letter to when Saturday comes, which they printed, which was basically saying, you wait till April when Julian comes back from Liverpool, playing for Liverpool. And he got a hero's reception. Mm. And it was because he because of what he was like on the yeah. pitch. And he left the right way, isn't he? I mean, it, it is, you're right. He left the yeah. right way. Um, it was, yeah, I think it was um, John Black, I think. 
he was the first one to pick Paul Ince for his 11. And it was, it was, yeah, it was the right way to leave. And as you said, there's players, you know, Rio, when he came back, Carlos Tevez. I mean, Carlos Tevez reinvented that, you know, really playing for the opposition. <laughs> you know, he didn't do that. And he was scoring for us. But when he played for Man United, he was yeah. doing that and he resurrected that. But, <laughs> that was brilliant. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, yeah, Julian, he, he was such a, he was such a legend, wasn't he? And, you know, obviously came back and was, was assistant coach, you know, with Slav and, you know, doing a great job at West Brom as well. So and even when they came back, you know, yeah. for the cup, they had a massive, massive applause and they would do any time they turned up. Yeah. Um, yeah. I agree. Right. Okay. Yeah. Julian is in. Let's go right back. Then, Jim. For me, again, it's a very easy one. Ray Stewart, um, yeah. who was a very... A, fantastically strong defender i was really interested i saw an interview on um he was being interviewed uh, as part of canning town lens series and he said something which i didn't realize ray stewart said he'd spent his whole time he would prefer to play center half i was i, I knew he'd, i'd seen him play center half, but i didn't realize actually he would have preferred that because he yeah. was a, such a great fullback yeah he was great at bombing forward um he you know he could he was a john lyle player so he could play the ball yeah. on the floor and of course, some of those penalties, mm. I mean, nerves of steel or what, yeah. really, to score yeah. so many absolutely crucial penalties in the last minute of games. Amazing. Yeah, no, totally. And, you know, and again, you know, you're right. And he's, he, he was a committed hammer, you know, and he still is. He's, a, he's an adopted Cockney, you know, and, and there's a few of them out there, you know. Um, and yeah, no, he's... It, it, I would always love to have seen them both, Julian and Ray, on the pitch and a penalty was coming. <laughs> and then the time he <laughs> I can imagine almost like a Decanio Lampard, Bradford City sort yeah, of argument yeah. each time. It'd be quite funny. Quite, and I would love to know who's going who's to win that battle. Both of them in their yeah. prime would have been awesome. Right, we'll put, we'll put Tom come in. Let's go, let's go centre-backs in. Jimmy, have we got centre-backs, you know? I'm going to have Billy Bonds first. Yeah. Um, he has to be in there. Awesome player. Mm. Um, and me talk about Mr. Commitment. Yeah. Another one who was a better player than probably gets credit for technically. Yeah. He was actually quite skillful. And people just see this buccaneering, ball winning player. Yeah. But actually he was he was more skillful than that. I it, I didn't think he was the best of managers, but um and it was it, it's been all it was awful the way he left. Yep. And I thought it was great that he did have that moment last year, yes. Newcastle game, when he came on and people really showed what they thought of him and he was mm. in tears, clearly. Yeah. Uh, and I thought he really deserved that. But he, he was a, just a brilliant player. You knew, knew you had more of a chance when he was on the pitch. Yeah, no, totally. And as you said, that was... That was it was it was right to do that, Newcastle, to do the stand. Because, you know, for the... For the unofficiated fans, the, the the less experienced fans, I call them, the younger ones, Billy Bonds is, they don't know who Billy Bonds is. You know, they they, no. they hear, and, and again, that's now going to be part of the fabric in the same way that Bobby Moore and, and Trevor Brooking is. It'd be interesting to see what we do with the last one, to be yeah. honest. But, yeah. um, but then you've got, and then you've got maybe Mark Noble, who knows, who knows, you know. But then yeah. you've, but then you've got sort of, you know, when, when, I mean, you know, when the kids then become the adults and they, they bring their kids, their kids will be asking them who Billy Bonds was in the same ilk as who yeah. Bob Moore and Trevor Brooking were. And that's right. 
that's right because of what they did for the club. Um, and yeah, I think, yeah, you can see how much the man who shows no emotion really, even when, as I said, someone else, even when we got promoted at that Cambridge game, he wasn't, he wasn't crying. He was like on top going, yeah, he wasn't like, there was no emotion really. He's just been promoted. No, no, um, you're absolutely right. But he yeah. was absolutely crying his eyes out. And there was, again, there was lots of middle-aged men around that stadium at the time who also were crying their eyes out and it was very emotional. Um, but yeah, Bonzo. Yeah, good shout. Good shout, Jim. Who's he going to partner in the middle then, mate? In the centre-backs? Well, we've had some good centre-halves over yeah. the years. and there are People like Rio Ferdinand, great players. But for me, it would be Alvin Martin. Yeah. Another member of the 1980 Cup Finals, uh, Cup winning side, who played for us for, what, 18, 19 years. Yeah. Uh, another, another footballing centre-half. Mm. Very good on the floor. Um, would have had more England caps if it wasn't for Terry Butcher. Um, the only thing he didn't have probably was a bit of pace, mm. but a real leader on the pitch. Again, someone you know, hundred um, percent trying all the time. Yeah. yeah, Alvin would be in there for me definitely. Uh, uh, I will have a couple of more modern players eventually. No, no, I don't care. I don't care. It's your, it's your eleven. Doesn't <laughs> care who you have, man. It's like, but it's like. He's another adopted Cockney, isn't he? I mean, he still lives around the area. Yeah. Um, and he just got it. And 90, like 19 years or whatever is phenomenal. And who? And he was the one who was the who was the presenter for, for Billy's stand, you know. So, you know, again, it's it sort of goes along with with, with that as well, you know, in terms of being a uh, being a real club man. And as you said, he was integral. And yeah, I think, yeah. and I think yeah. you're right. I think. Um, I think it was Tim, uh, Tim Crane was saying, was talking about how, you know, the guys who have won FA Cup, there's, yeah, there's not that many West Ham players who have won an FA Cup medal who are, who are alive, you know, obviously you know, in, in the world, so to speak, you know, very small. And it's about treasuring them people. And I think that the idea of this is, of this whole channel is to document the people who, who meant a lot to play it, to, to fans and stuff. And someone like Alvin. Yeah clearly coming through most most 11s but he would do naturally uh great that is that is a solid solid back four that's for sure i tell you oh what, yeah wouldn't fancy if I, was across the, if I was across the front line for the opposition wouldn't fancy that at all um yeah. right let's go for and again you, you're right i mean you got you got someone like parksy who could have he should have got a lot more england caps he did julian famously obviously again you know pierce the so he had like a lot of you know Particularly that '96, and again, you know, hindsight, yeah, yeah. he would have taken. He he would have been one of the penalty takers, wouldn't he? Oh he yeah, <laughs> he straight up there. Hindsight's it? a great thing because obviously we're reliving it on Sky TV and stuff, wouldn't you? So, uh, Bonzo yeah. again, you know, New England cats. Martin could have got more. Um, obviously, Ray was Scottish, but uh, okay, we still can't understand what you're saying anyway. Right, okay, we'll go. Yeah. Um, we'll go midfield. Let's go left midfield. Who've got left midfield? Yeah. Jim? Well, knowing, seeing how the team is lining up so far, you won't be surprised to know that Alan Devonshire yeah, is in there. He was an magician. Yeah, how he could play like that on the pitches that he was playing. I mean, he was exactly, you know, like a nine and a half stone or something, and uh, he used to glide across those like bogs, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah about October onwards, it was just a bog. And I remember the over near the where the tunnel is, it used to be, it was a slight slope, so it used to be even muddier over that side. Um, um, and he was just a, a magician. Again, another one, it makes me sound incredibly biased, but another one who should have got more England caps. He should have, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you look have. at some of, if you look at him 
compared to some of the people who played in that position since. Mm. But he was he was outstanding, and you he could drill, and he and he also had that really interesting thing that happened to him after that disgusting tackle on him against Wigan, which I still remember. So Graham Barrow was the person who did it. I'll never forgive him. Um, he had to come back and completely change his style of play because yeah. he used to go down the byline and and cut it and cut inside. No, sorry, he had to start cutting inside because he couldn't go and beat the last yeah. man anymore. And he completely changed his game. Yeah. And in that 85-86 season, he was was awesome. Yeah. He all, we almost won the league because of him. Yeah, no, he was. And you're right. And, and you know, you said it before, you know, if you're looking at West Ham transfers ever made, he must be the greatest transfer ever at West Ham. And I would, I would say, if anyone else could say a, another transfer in terms of money to ratio, there's not many out. Yeah, five grand, you know, ridiculous. ridiculous. Yeah. It stays money, ridiculous. I mean, the, the only player I can think of who had similar amount of, a similar amount of ability in that position would be would be Pyatt, but I'd never have... You see, I want to have a team that you can rely on, and I'd never put someone like Pyatt in my team because you... Well, for obvious reasons. He'd leave after... Can't rely on someone like that. Yeah. Down school. Exactly. 18 months, he'll be gone. Um, (laughs) And and it... But again, when people talk about Pyatt, and they talk about how he left, he joined us exactly the same way as he left us. You know, for Marseille. Marseille, Yeah, that's very true. And Marseille welcomed him back. And Marseille yeah. welcomed him back as well. So, you know, obviously there was yeah. there was rumblings, weren't there? Like they've been potentially coming back, and it was right. like, Mrr. but he's, uh, yeah, yeah, he was. He was. I mean, for, for the modern day player, modern day fan, rather, so to speak, he was probably our, the best. He's the best player technically I've seen. He was, I never saw. He was in that year, that that last year of the bowling. He was unbelievable. Yeah. He was, and the stars just aligned for that season. So that that season was just yeah, really nice. Did. That was amazing. Yeah. It was amazing. It was, it was the perfect season to to yeah. to put us up there because you know we, you know, it wasn't a relegation dogfight. Obviously, yeah, we we, we went off the boil a little bit. Um, you know, obviously we lost at Wigan, the Wigan game, wasn't it like four 0 or something like that? And and then we sort of came back mesmerically yeah. in the Man Man United game, and that yeah. was just a microcosm of West Ham. Yeah, when it really, no, really, really mattered. They they pulled it out and um, yeah. yeah, it was a great day. Right, okay, we'll put Dev on the left. Let's go for the right midfield. Who are we going for the right wing then? Right midfield, I'm going to have a player who's playing now, actually. Oh. I'm going to put Michael Antonio in there. Mm. Michael Antonio. <laughs> Sorry? <laughs> My daughter's <laughs> shouting from downstairs. I'm not putting Masuaku in that team. No way. But Michael Antonio, yeah. who... I think he's been, he's a fantastic, um, yeah. another one who put in his ship. Yeah. And he went on, he went through a spell where he really wasn't doing it. And it, then it turned out afterwards, he'd been rushed back from injury. Mm. In typical West Ham way, rushing back rather than give someone time to recover. Yeah. And he kept getting injured again, having these niggles. Mm. I remember thinking, what's wrong with him? And then yeah. when he said, I finally had a, a proper break, and he's been, He's been this season one of the few um, positive features. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think he scares defenders. He's got he pace. When you when you see him running at players, you yeah. you can see the fear in their eyes, can't you? It's, it's not so, necessarily so the most technically accomplished, no. but um, but he's but he's got everything else. Yeah, 
he, he's just he's just a unit isn't he he's just a complete unit yeah. you know he's the truest sense you know he'd, i mean and and he he's he's part of a breed that that doesn't we don't have a lot of i don't think we you know occasionally we'll get a, an absolutely lightning quick player um you know like matty efferington or mm. matty rush like years ago matty rush was he was quicker and you know and and sinks as well trevor sinclair um and they were like so quick but Antonio just has the bulk, doesn't he? As well, you know, he is rapidly. I would love yeah. to know what his un, his hundred meter time is, you know. But um, yeah. well, he could do it in the close season. Oh, well, not now because we're not having the athletics track up. But but he gets times. But I mean, yeah. you know, it's he's just he's frightening. Absolutely, when he's when he's got that bit between his teeth, he's unstoppable. He is literally unstoppable yeah. in terms of physically so domineering. Um, that's a great shout. Funny, I like you, that. You mentioned uh, you mentioned Sinclair. He would. About if you'd asked me this six months ago, I'd have had him in my team. Really, but he's yeah, just Antonio doing it. Taking the edge. No, I agree. I agree. Okay, we'll put Antonio in. Let's go midfield then, Jim. Who's your first midfielder? Centre midfielder. Okay, the defensive midfielder. I'm gonna. Um, and he perhaps wouldn't be classified completely as a defensive midfielder, but I would put Scott Parker in there. Yeah who I think was outstanding. Uh, you know, football has changed so much from yeah. the times when I started going. It makes me sound like a terrible old man. But where you used to um, expect that everyone would be 100% committed at all times, they wouldn't be yeah. distracted by anything else. And Parker used to really put himself on the line. And the, the fact that he went to Tottenham afterwards, I, I, don't, I never minded that because that was his team. And... He had put effort in in that season we went relegated and pretty much nobody else had, apart from Mark Noble. And I just think he was a great player. Yeah. Uh, there's a famous occasion at West Brom where he took the half-time team talk and yeah. they, uh, because Avram Grant was probably just sitting around not doing very much. Um, and, yeah, it was uh, very sad to see him go. Yeah. I'd, uh, like to have, I'd, li- I'd love to find a place for Mark Noble in this team because... I I love Mark Noble, but yeah. he's not going to make it. But, <laughs> spoiler, yeah. spoiler for the next the next centre midfielder. Yeah. It's not Mark Noble. I right, put Scotty P in. Yeah, I totally agree. And I don't think he gets. I don't think Scott um, it gets gets the credit for those three seasons as much as he should deserve. Because you're right, there were some times where literally he'd be sat there, and not sat there, he'd be standing there, and it, it's almost like he's gone. I do it myself then. And literally, like you know, pulled his socks up, and then would literally be everywhere. Um, yeah, it was great. And yeah, well, it's true. True. there was. A, I remember there being a couple of match reports about the, that game, that West Brom game, mm. and he was referred to as the West Ham captain Scott Parker, and the actual captain was Matthew Upson. Yeah, but where was he that season, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. Uh, yeah, no, Scotty P. And and three times ham of the year in succession. That doesn't happen very often either. No, and no, obviously, football, footballer's writer, player of the season, the season we went down, I think, as well. And again, when was when's that yeah. ever happened as well? Yeah. All right, we'll put Scotty in. And who's Scotty going to partner in the midfield then, Jim? Well, it's going to be another 1980 player. It's going to be Trevor Brooking. Yeah. Trevor, who, yeah, brilliant player. I watched, I saw him for five years. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he was my first real football hero. Um, just a, another one, a bit like Dev, who could play on any surface. Yeah. Um, he was no shrinking violet, actually. He could, um, he could stand up for himself. But a, just a brilliant, elegant player. 
uh, he had that that technique that people often talk about where he used to let the ball run past him and run onto it. Um, yeah, just a great, a great player. And if, the thing is, if he probably played in this age for West Ham, yeah. someone would have come in and nabbed it. Yeah. I know it was sort of unfair that people had to, were almost made to stay at clubs in a way. Yeah, yeah. Um, before the days of Bosman. But uh, it meant that you had real loyalty from someone like him who stayed down go. in the second division for three years. Mm. Be unheard of now, wouldn't it? Yeah. An England player. I mean, a, a player a player staying with a club for more than three years is very unheard of nowadays, let alone <laughs> everything else. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and obviously, again, you know, you're saying about about the bogs that Devonshire played, you know, the bogs obviously that, that Brooklyn played and, and how how silky he was ahead of his time, you know. Both them two at London Stadium on that on the bowling green would be amazing, you know, amazing to see. Because yeah. uh, I don't think I mean me particularly, I don't I never appreciated, you know, obviously the quality of the pitches, how heavy the boots were, the ball and all that stuff. Now everything's so light and, and fluffy. Um but these guys was doing it on that on with those sort of restrictions so to speak in terms of you know the yes, yeah. and and they were still as merrick you know and, and still highly regarded yeah. and in your team you know as a, as a real 80s team uh, thread through there as well um right okay we'll put trev in sir trev um let's go let's go up front who we got up front then jim this was the hardest of all yeah. to pick up to pick two strikers because there are so many <laughs> It keeps changing, but I'm yeah. going to stick with what I said this morning. I'd like to. I shall just. I'll tell you. Who I've got. I've got Tony Cotty as the as my first striker. Yeah. Just because I think he's the best finisher I've seen. Yeah. Um, Pop Robson was great. I didn't see him for very long, but Cotty was just a brilliant finisher. Who you you knew if a ball got in the six yard box, he would get the ball and he'd yeah. score. He did score the odd. He did score the odd. Um, pole driver as well but he he would get in a score the unglamorous goals and yeah and I don't think there's anyone been anyone since then who's been as good a goal scorer as no I agree no I agree and I think they Redknapp let go of him too soon the second time round as well because he went on to play for Leicester for three or four years after that yeah 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 no you're right you're right I think it was uh, yeah it was yeah, I mean, you look at who's who we've had since striker-wise or forward-wise, not even striker-wise, and you're right. We haven't had a natural sort of that sort of fox in the box, which he became. I mean, yeah, the only one I can ever think of in that in similar ilk would be Chicharito because he had that sort yes, of like yeah. small, wouldn't necessarily... All of his goals were in the 16-yard box, but yeah, unfortunately... Yeah. St- didn't work out, you know. He was he was a wrong he was a wrong player in the wrong team, yeah. right player in the wrong formation, rather. So yeah, yeah. Um, he could have been that sort of. Uh, I, that's why I was excited yeah. when he came because I thought he would have been our our modern day Cotties at modern day, but you know, sort of our yeah. <laughs> the eighties. But no, yeah. Um, well, I'll put TC in, and who's who's he going to partner up front then, Jim? He's going to pass to partner David Cross. I was going to have it. Frank McAvenny because he was my he was a massive hero of mine. Yeah. Um, and then you've got Di Canio. How am I leaving Di Canio out? <laughs> but again, I'm going to go for, I think David Cross would work well in that team. Yeah. And I don't think Di Canio would work well in a team that had Devonshire and Brooklyn. <laughs> I think they'd be, they'd, 
you can't have three players who are all that good on the ball. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it would work. And David Cross was a terrific striker. Um, he was, people who don't, a generation below don't know him. He's like a, a fully fit and, um, a fully fit and fully committed Andy Carroll. Yeah. And he was good on the floor as well. Yeah. No, he's, and he's, he's, he's a great lad. He's a great lad. We've had him on the channel. He's been brilliant. He's, he's absolutely phenomenal. He's such a lovely guy and so humble. He's like, like Bonzo, yeah. you know, they're so humble. It seems that generation, that whole generation, the 80s, yes. they just, they have enough they have time for everyone. And they all seem to be mates and they all seem to still knock about with each other and phone each other up and meet, you know, and it just seems that generation, um, then probably that, you know, and, but yeah, Crossy's a good shout. He's a great shout. I'm a big fan yeah. of his. Cause, and again, you know, I wasn't around to see David Cross play. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm, I've been going back and watching the, 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 the videos and the end season reviews and, and things like that. And, you get this newfound appreciation for players you never really heard of. You know, I knew of David Cross, yeah, yeah. but I didn't know of him. If that makes sense. You know, what, yeah, I knew yeah. he was a well FA Cup winner. And he scored ninety nine goals to the club, um, but I didn't know, I didn't see any of the goals. You know, so it was it was great to go back. And as you said, that's all. That's I can see how you're right. Cross would fit nicely in that team. That's for sure. And you've got a nice blend of pace, skill, workhorses. I call them. And if it does does turn a bit nasty, you've got some you've got some boys there to sort it all out as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. It's, it's a consideration. Exactly. exactly, Jim. Man, it's been absolutely brilliant chatting to you. Thank you so much, and I appreciate the the. Uh, oh, oh the, it's the, a pleasure to be asked. No, absolutely no. Thank you so much, Jim. It's it's lovely, and and yeah, as I said, it's 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 a it's a project which started off as a little acorn and it's just or a snowball and it's just getting bigger and bigger so I'm, it's absolutely great having you on and um, obviously thanks everyone for watching you know um and obviously all the, all the continual support you give on gives the channel like share subscribe you know give me a drop me a, a message if you want to come on the channel or whatever you know we're, we're trying to get as many people as possible while we can before everyone goes back to work as well properly um and until next time for me and jim uh, take care everybody sports social podcast network hello it is ryan and i was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com i looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing they were also playing chumba casino coincidence i think not everybody's loving having fun with it chumba casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere even at thirty thousand feet so sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus that's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus